God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to today and joining us. Um, there's a, a lot to talk about. Uh, President Trump and uh, Mark Meadows put out a statement that uh, some th- big things are likely to come up, come about with respect to Pennsylvania. Uh, these big ballot uh, drops um, by... Uh, that uh, truck driver. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, there was a Supreme Court ruling in Wisconsin, and that was uh, where they were bringing the case all the way up the chain. Kept getting denied uh, without even really hearing much of the evidence. They're putting so many restrictions and limits on what Team Trump can can actually present and for for how long. And we're going to hear some testimony to that today, to effect today uh, by the attorney out in Nevada. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I actually think that the path to victory uh, could very well be uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and, and Arizona. Um, Mar- Maricopa County is not allowing uh, uh, an audit of the machines. I think that they um, should actually be considered now to be seized. I think that uh, these Dominion machines need to be looked at like en- en- enemy weapons on a battlefield. I think that uh, they're no different than a tank or a missile at this point. And unless we can get proper audits of every machine, then uh, you know they shouldn't be allowed on the battlefield. They should be removed from the battlefield. And if that means that uh, to uh, Julie's point, um, if that means that they are removed from the the playing field uh, in Georgia, then Georgia's runoff is not going to have those machines to count for them. And they'll have to hand count it. You know, I, I don't know about this ballot harvesting and, and a lot of the shenanigans that are going on in, uh, in Georgia, who's been riddled with a lot of... Uh, political corruption and fraud, 
particularly by rhinos who are in bed with Russia. I mean, uh, in bed with China. And they're uh, being bought off. These politicians are being paid off. You know, you take a look at what's uh, proposed to be happening January, uh, January 6th. I think it's uh, really odd, too, when you take a look at uh, Georgia. January 5th runoff, right? So the runoff is January 5th. But the senators have to be sworn in January 3rd. But you're not going to... That doesn't make any sense to me. Why would they have a a runoff on two days after you're supposed to know the results of the election? And which senators are going to be in place? Are they going to get the count done by then? Are they going to get the count done in time? January 5th. January 6th, the Senate convenes. And on January 3rd, the new senators need to be sworn in. So January 3rd, swear in. January 5th, a runoff. January 6th, it doesn't seem like is, is when they're going to have the, um, the, the certification of the electors. Now, regardless of what happens, uh, which if it gets to that point and things stay the same as they are, you know, there is this process that we've all been talking about. And, you know, but I, I don't get the dates. I don't get what George has been doing. I don't know why they picked January 5th. You would think that they would probably want to do it a week prior to January 3rd, the swearing in of the senators or the senators elect, right? So that doesn't make any sense to me. At this point, I would imagine Loeffler and Purdue would uh, still be senators, regardless of whatever happens on the 5th. Because there wouldn't be enough time to swear in or know the results of that election. And so they're the sitting senators. So that's an interesting little development. Um, John Thune from Minnesota and Mitch McConnell seem to be trying to destroy any hope that there could be a contest or an objection that can be successfully voted upon. And sort of like the the big, huge omnibus uh, stimulus package that they voted on that nobody likes because it gives more money to Africa than it does to the American people. It gives more money to to Asia than it does the American people. We're sick and tired of this redistribution of globalism, and we're sick and tired of that. But all right, so January 6th has this, uh, you know, situation where we have six states— that have these electorates. And we've been talking about this a lot, but I just actually learned something new. I, there was one question that I had about that process. And frankly, I have to tell you, it, it does not make me feel good, but I'm going to share it with you. And that is that um, the states did the right thing in, in certifying their own set of electorates. And that being said, um, Pence gets to oversee the, the two chambers and he gets to look at these states and say, does anyone have any objections and uh, to uh, selecting one set of electors over the other? And at some point, the state's will was to certify the electors for Biden. But because there's been other 
the, the electors for the other team, Trump team Trump, these become uh, contested or they can be objected to. And you need, if you get an objection in the House, you need a, an accompanying senator to endorse your objection. And more than likely, they're going to have that. Matt Gates has promised. Mo Brooks has promised in the House. You know, there's just going to be no limits to how many people can object in the House. It's They're going to probably have over 20 people supporting uh, objections, which is fine. That's great. That's wonderful. And in the Senate, you're going to have Tuberville, and you might have um, Rand Paul. You might have Ted Cruz. But it makes it a little bit difficult for them to take to to walk off on that limb and take that risk and that exposure and that chance uh, when you have Mitch McConnell and John Thune basically saying that the vote will go the vote will uh, put that uh, objection down like a shot dog. That's what Thune said. That's exactly what he said on CNN. They loved it on CNN. He sells well there. He's a Republican, but they want him. They want him on a. They don't want. They don't want a lot of Republicans over there, on CNN. But they'll put Thune on because Thune tells them exactly what they need to hear, that they want to hear. It used to be Lindsey Graham used to get a lot of airtime on CNN too. I remember because he was trashing Trump when he did it. So these rhinos in the Senate, these. Uh, parliamentary procedure, you know, let's get back to all things normal. Let's get back to globalism. Let's get back to K Street. Let's get back to taking bribes from uh, the lobbyists. And let's get back to making some serious dough. Let's get back to that military-industrial complex. Right? I mean, I'm just so tired of it. I've lost so much faith. So here's what's going to happen is they're going to have the objections that they need, and you're going to be like, oh, great. But each chamber then has to not only have that debate separately, but then they vote on the objections separately. And in the Senate, it doesn't look like you're going to have enough Republicans because the Republicans aren't unified to pull off a win there. And in the House, you don't have enough votes. You got Nancy Pelosi controlling everything. Although she's not going to be in much control over that process, uh, you have more Democrats, more than likely you're not going to win a simple majority vote. You're going to lose by a couple of votes, even if you are unified. And the one question I still have is, what if the Senate were to vote uh, positively for Trump, but the House doesn't? I think you need support from both chambers. And there might, uh, if there were split, there there might be a conflict there, and then Pence would uh, deem it so that uh, you know, it would go to the the floor vote in the House for delegations. And right now, the Republicans are ahead, something like thirty to nineteen or thirty to twenty. It's fifty states, so it's got to be probably thirty-one to nineteen or thirty to twenty, something like that. But they got a clear advantage. The Republicans do. So, you know, the way it gets to that vote is they vote on each chamber. Now, um, and then they then then they take it to a House vote. 
And I just read that in the Newsweek article, which had a pretty, it was, it was still, it was still negative toward Trump, but it had a pretty good, uh, you know, explanation as to how all that works. So we are going to be listening to um, a couple of clips uh, related to election fraud here in a minute, but um, we got a break coming up. And here's one thing I want to want to say. I want to say this with Mitch McConnell and John Thune and they're coming out in full force uh, with opposition to the uh, to the process. I think that they're really uh, doing a disservice to America because one of the things they have to realize is that I would think that there is a strong majority. uh, Well, there's certainly a majority within their own party. Seventy seven percent feel like this has been a stolen election. Seventy seven percent of the Republicans, 38 percent somewhere in that neighborhood feel like there is fraud in our country. And that, that number was higher. Um, but you know, so many, there's been so many losses in the courts related to team Trump because the, the Supreme courts and the circuit courts and the district courts, they don't want to hear this stuff. They don't want to upset the apple card. They don't know what to do. They don't want the riots, things like that. They're afraid of what might happen if they do the right thing. And the right thing is to decertify these elections because there's over a thousand affidavits that say that there's been fraud, that there's proof. There's so many different uh, testimony and things that uh, can be done. I mean, there's no way in heck that there should be a machine that's fractional that could be that's connected to the internet that could be modified with algorithms where votes could be deleted and where votes could be counted without signature verification without an audit trail without a chain of custody uh and so many other things try like the anomalies like the anomalies of almost zero spoilage when normally there would be about six percent of absentee ballots that would be problematic uh it was like 0.08 percent you know that was too good to be true the number of spoilage was too low especially considering that this was the first time that this had been done that there should have been a massive spoilage maybe closer to 10 percent which would have impacted so many of those absentee ballots but you take the differences in the Constitution, the violations of Article 2 in our Constitution, and you take a, a look at how they changed the rules midstream. And they did that in Pennsylvania for sure. The secretaries of state and the attorney general and the governor uh, changed the rules and allow for certain things that weren't supposed to be allowed. They... Uh, didn't uh, have the signature verification. Uh, And uh, even though they changed the rule that said uh, signature verification wasn't required, like how in the world can that be? And the state legislature never even weighed in on that. They never got a say in that. But the rules were changed. And Justice Alito, who oversees that state, hopefully will have something to say about it because laws matter. 
you know, if they don't matter at the Supreme Court level, they're never going to matter anywhere. They, they certainly don't matter in the Department of Justice, the FBI, and beyond that. And that's the sad truth is we got to stick. We are a nation of laws. We got to stick to our guns when it comes to this or we're going to lose our republic for sure. Already, you know, this is just so unfair. When you take a look at Joe Biden, 477 counties. Obama won 873 counties. Okay? So Obama got 69 million votes. And with that 69 million, million votes, he, he, he won 873 counties. Somehow Biden is supposed to have gotten 81 million votes. 12 million votes more than Obama. 12. And yet he only won 477 counties? Are you kidding me? That The math doesn't add up. And the turnout rate to get the numbers that were that he got were were somewhere in the seventy percentile range. Unheard of numbers, but the numbers those were fake ballots. They practically exhausted the Wisconsin. They 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 hit the ceiling on it, and in so many of these counties, there's a runoffs. You could just um, states. In, in states and in, in counties, there's so many anomalies. Like over 100% turnout in many counties. Obviously, that's fraud. That's not a lie. That's not a, uh, a, a testimony. It's not an affidavit from a, a Trump uh, supporter. No, that's, a, that's an anomaly. That, that, you can't have that. So Trump got 75 million and he got. 2,497 counties. So he won 77% of the counties or something like that. It's, it's absolutely insane what, what, the number of counties that he won. It's, it's a, absolutely amazing, really, when you think about it. So, yeah, I was getting to that. I was, yeah, right here. Divided nation. America's 50 states minus the states in question. Trump won 25. Biden won 16 states. Those states housed 2,974 counties. Even with the votes in question, Trump won 2,496. Biden, 477. Trump won 84% of America. Biden won 16% of America. And somehow, we're not supposed to complain, right? We're not supposed to complain about it. And that's the number. Trump won 84% of America. Biden won 16% of America when it comes to counties and states. So, you know, Charlie Kirk wrote, oh, Brett uh, 1911 wrote, there are 327 million people uh, of us, 535 of them. Uh, So the 330 million people... Uh, in the United States. There's 535 corrupt politicians. Why are we letting them destroy us? That's a good question. Why are we not fighting back like we should? And Charlie Kirk pretty much made very similar um, statements. And I want to read this. So Donald Trump was complaining about the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and I do see Julie. I'll pick that up in a second. 
It says, two years ago, the great people of Wisconsin asked me to endorse a man named Brian Hag- Hagedorn, H-A-G-E-D-O-R-N, Hagedorn, for state Supreme Court justice when he was getting destroyed in the polls against a tough Democrat candidate who had no chance of losing. After my endorsement, Hagedorn easily won. Wow. He just voted against me in a big court decision on voter fraud, of which there was much, despite many pages of dissent from three highly respected justices. One thing has nothing to do with another, but we ended up losing four to three in a really incorrect ruling. Great Republicans in Wisconsin should take these three strong decisions, the dissent, to their state legislatures and overturn this ridiculous state election. We won in a landslide. And by the way, there was the 215 million, 215 million, I mean, I'm sorry, that's wrong, 215,000. <laughs> I just pulled a bite a moment right there, right? Um, 215,000 voters that voted uh, voted uh, absentee, but they, they used COVID as, uh, you know, it's this thing called indefinitely confined, right? And so they used COVID as their excuse. Well, the Supreme Court weighed in, that same court weighed in and said, you can't do that. You have to, you know, you, you can't use COVID, your pandemic. I mean, unless you got COVID. Um, other than that, but they were sending these ballots in absentee, without an ID, because they were indefinitely confined due to COVID. The normal number is 50,000, somewhere in that neighborhood, 25%. 215,000, I would say 100,000 of those were probably fraud. That state was separated by 20,000 votes. So what do they do now? They go from the Wisconsin Supreme Court, probably uh, escalate that to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court is likely going to hear uh, a, a Nevada case, a Georgia case, a Wisconsin case, and a PA case. And the nice thing about it is um, Th- Justice Thomas oversees Georgia and Alito oversees Pennsylvania. Uh, I think Kagan oversees uh, Arizona. But, um, you know, there's uh, there's issues in Mar- Maricopa. Uh, there's lots of fraud, and um, we're going to hear the fraud in Nevada again. We've played this guy last week, but we're going to play him again. Um, we're going to go ahead and take Julie on the line. Julie. Good morning, Scott. How are you Good morning. today? I'm doing well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I, I was just thinking about uh, Plato and Socrates. Uh, Plato, he always wrote that Socrates was going to win his argument in the forum exactly when he reduced his argument to mathematics. And I love when you use all these figures, because if you go back maybe a 100 years, I don't know how long it's been since we've uh, looked at county-by-county wins, but if we went back a hundred years and used the statistics that you just did in relation to population, I bet it would be even more telling how how much fraud 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 was used in Biden's uh, imaginary win. 
Right. And that's why, you know, it's kind of interesting. But, you know, they picked four cities. They picked uh, Milwaukee to win Wisconsin. They picked Detroit to win Michigan. They picked um, Philadelphia. You can even add in Pittsburgh to steal Pennsylvania. And then and then they picked Atlanta uh, for Georgia. So that's actually five. Uh, And they picked Maricopa to steal Arizona. These were high population uh, areas where they can control the inner cities and the election the election officials and that's how they did it this was uh you know they did it in las vegas uh in clark county they did it in um phoenix and maricopa county all these big cities become these uh hubs for liberalism and they put these machines in like in arizona every county used a different set of software than maricopa maricopa was an outlier it used uh more advanced software that you can control remotely and uh, and it's just it sticks out there like a sore of thumb when you take a look at it. And I, in every one of these cases, also there was this lack of transparency. You know, you remember in Michigan where they were boarding up the windows, and in Atlanta they were telling people yeah. on video to go home, and then they would continue to tabulate. Um, in Philadelphia, we have eyewitnesses that were on our show uh, that said that they weren't allowed within twenty five feet. Um, so it's all done under secrecy. And then you have these trucks coming in in the middle of the night with these illegal ballot dumps. And in every one of those cases, you had that F spike, you know, that little thing where the blue line went straight up and it caused like this F um, uh, uh, visual. I, on your uh, Red State Encore station, I listened to the um, ex-CEO of overstock and quite a few times i listened to his his interview the two-hour interview you you had and it was an excellent interview and he said they did a lot of other things too where they attacked red states and they they uh diminished the votes of trump and they they moved them over to biden and and so they reduced the the percentage of win of Trump, and then they pulled those votes and they moved them into the bigger bigger uh, uh, those state excuse me cities where they they had all the votes, and that's they dr- drag and drop them. Uh, from those algorithms. Yeah, Sidney Powell did uh, uh, really good work on that. And then the other one was that they they fractionalized. They were given Trump 0.75 to Biden's 1.25. But the other one was in Antrim, where they had a 68% error rate. Well, they had a higher rate in Maricopa, and they had a 70% error rate in Clark County in Las Vegas. So what does that mean? That means that you can have an election official a supervisor that does the um, adjudication on these error error ballots. So remember the Sharpie gate yeah. in, in Maricopa. So w- they purposefully uh, created these spoilages that allowed a person to go in and actually change the votes. And they did that more specifically in counties like Antrim County in Michigan, where they discovered this to be the fact. And that was a, that was a county that uh, was, was a red county. So Trump wasn't supposed to lose that county, yet he did lose it, and then he's now winning it again. But it's crazy stuff, really. It's like something out of Austin Powers, where when he goes down that tunnel and he keeps going around in a circle with the golf cart, and 
it, yeah, it, I know it, what you're talking it, about. It, it, yeah, it's comical because it, 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 if you really think about it, it they, who sat around and thought up all this stuff? I mean, you'd have to be so demented. Well, the Democrats to, never to, to want to waste your. The Democrats want to forge your the Democrats want to forge your books and and traipse out bimbos uh, for rape yeah. allegations, and they never want to talk about the issues there or the policies. They play games with people's lives. They're doing it with COVID, with these lockdown orders, yeah. um, because there's oh, there's the, no. The great one was the Access Hollywood uh, uh, tape where they had Trump saying those horrible things when he, you could never even tell if he said it. They could have just dragged and dropped his voice yeah. on on but, on some other but, interview that took place on some other occasion. What what Nancy Pelosi did with respect to the um the stimulus package package she could have put this out in July instead she wanted people to suffer because that would uh demoralize the Trump base because it was the Trump base that was getting hit the hardest from the covid experience because his his uh blue collar middle class workers you know, we're required to be out in the field um, versus uh, some of the, uh, you know, inner city urban uh, office workers that can telecommute, you know, or te- work work through Zoom. Remember the know. one, yeah, remember one of her great press conferences, she very plainly said, I feed these people like, like she's God. She's awful. Well, thank you so much yes. for calling in. Anyway, no, no, I'm sorry. Please, have a good holiday. I just wanted to call you before the holiday and All right. say please take care and stay safe. And Thank we'll, you. Will do, and Merry thank Christmas. Thank you for being here. All right, take care. Take care, bye. All right, um, that's Julie. And now we got Jonathan, both from PA. Jonathan, you're on the air. Yes, good morning, uh, and... Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. holiday. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm wondering which is the greater travesty. Uh, Bill Barr, just very honorable lawyer Christian, that says there's nothing to see here <laughs> while he's got his eyes closed. Uh, I don't know. How did they get to him? So they got to him somehow. I don't know. Did they threaten his family or what? I mean, it's just, it's just a preposterous statement. And, or, the other thing is the stimulus bill, and to, to take a Julie, the, the the numbers getting down into the numbers, um, six hundred dollars per person for three hundred and fifty million people is two hundred and ten billion dollars, but they're borrowing nine hundred billion to do it, so that means six hundred and ninety billion is going to the swamp. Right. It's like this guy. Well, it's like the. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just there's way too much money going outside of our country. It's it's, and, and I just heard Davos, um, the World Economic Forum, is hitting the reset <laughs> button. They're going right back to globalism in a big way. I mean, it. They almost feel like they won. They never won anything. Uh, Brexit is still yeah. happening. Uh, Trump is still president. They didn't win, and the, the, but they're so quick to pull that trigger and get back on that globalist gravy train uh, of, uh, of exploitation of slave labor markets and, and developing uh, countries so that these big multinational corporations can get rich. It's exactly why it is that they control the media because they control the narrative. And the things that they support 
are run so contrary to their pompous, holier-than-thou, highbrow attitude. Uh, and it's just it's a terrible thing. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and to, to get back to the uh, the stimulus, it's like this this uh, old uh, Three Stooges where <laughs> Moe's stealing out the money. He says, okay, one for me and one for you and one for me. Yeah. Okay, again, one for me, <laughs> one for you, and one for me. Right. But in this case... It's it's three and a half to one, yeah. um, and and it's borrowed from the guy who's only getting the the two hundred dollars, you right, know, right. instead of the the nine hundred dollars. Right. He's the one that's paying it back mostly. Right. I mean, the government. I I just looked it up. The federal revenue from corporate taxes is is what used to be like thirteen percent. Now it's about nine percent. It almost all comes from income taxes and payroll taxes, which is um, the the, the uh, uh, med, like Medicare, what you pay in to get Social Security, um, and that's supposed to be half from the employer and half from the employee. Right, right. But if the employer wasn't paying any, the employee would be getting twice as much. Right. Well, so John, Jonathan, you know, it's the the employees are paying everything, but yeah. this, and this. Um, all this uh, uh, election fraud, there's so much in so many places. There has to, had to be a central command somewhere. Well, hopefully, hopefully, somewhere. hopefully the courts, the Supreme Court will take a listen to it and we'll move on from there. But uh, Jonathan, yeah. I want right. to thank you for thank calling you. in and Merry Christmas and right. uh, stay strong, a- stay, be safe. Thank uh, you. All, all right, right. Take care. All right, and we got uh, someone else from PA that I happen to know, uh, Pat Canine. Hello, Pat. Good morning, Scott. How are you today? Pretty good. Good. Hey, um, one thing I haven't heard discussed, unless you covered it yesterday and I missed it, uh, there's a big significant day coming up this week, and I, of course, other than Christmas, is the fact that uh, there's a constitutional rule that actually has been pointed out by a guy named Ivan Ranklin. Are you familiar with what they're calling the Ranklin-Pence? Uh, uh, no. Like uh, I'm looking forward to you sharing it with us. Uh, well, basically, if there, if by chance there are, there are, is a state that hasn't submitted its electoral votes on the required date, there's still a time, but one by a uh, short time after, by the, by the fourth Wednesday of the month, I believe. I'm sorry. This year, it's going to be December 23rd. If there are any um, electoral votes in question, basically what happens is the president of the Senate, which, of course, is vice president, the Pence, who has uh, really the full discretion to do what he wants here, he, has, he will notify, and it will be interesting to see if this happens tomorrow, he will notify the state in question, or in this case, states in question, because even though they're, they've submitted a certified uh, group of electorals for the, uh, to the Electoral College, what happened is there is also proof of a, dis- of a dispute because they also sent up their Republican uh, people as well. So anyway, what it turns into is he then will have to, um, and I'm sorry, I'm flying by the seat of my pants here this morning. I should have, I'm usually more prepared. But what happens is basically Pence on the 23rd of this month will have, notify the states 
that you have to re uh, give us what's called the uh, the appointed electors, not what you submitted because they appear tainted. And there's obviously, as you guys have talked about for the last 15 minutes, the tainted votes are enough to give the vice president the discretion to say, I would like you to get together and send us the appointed votes. Now, what that does is one of two things. It's going to either force the, uh, the state, it goes back to the state legislature, bypasses whatever the governor said, and he will have to, um, um, they will have to vote on it and supply them prior to the 6th of January. If that is not done, since they do this through the state uh, attorney general, if they decide not to, he decides not to tell anybody and it goes voided, the, the vice president in this case has the ability to just throw the votes out. Wow. And I want to read um, this, too, in Georgia. It, Go ahead. In the meantime, it, it's going to basically... If they do, if the states turn around and throw, you know, the election to Trump in the question of states, then basically what ha- is going to happen is, of course, you're going to see the Biden lawyers like freak out. They're they're going to be, you know, filing suits like like it's nobody's business. However, the difference about this, their ability being to to sue is this is going to shift all the burden of proof on the Biden campaign to prove that that would be great yeah for a change yeah that would be great for change go ahead and and so uh, just to to finish because I'm I I usually don't rumble bumble and stumble all over this but there's so much to cover Um, I will give you the source I there's a great magazine article in a the national file dot com that's where you can get the uh, the articles called um, Give me one second. Basically, it says law prohibits Pence from accepting electoral votes from fraudulently certified states. Right. And, uh, you know, and uh, shows goes through what it is and how, how he can do this, where he is getting this in the federal codes. And it is constitutionally correct, according to those that are starting to talk about this. That's and this just really yeah. showed up on the radar last So that's night. Patrick Hawley's outfit. But uh, hey, uh, while I have you on, I'm, d- I'm just going to take this other caller co- coming in. You can stay on, Pat. But uh, sure. uh, caller, you're you're on the air as well. Uh, yes, I'm going to be very fast. This is Anita from Monterey. Hey. And I do not know if this is true, so please don't take, anybody, don't take it and run with it, anybody. But I heard that William Barr is sick. And if you looked at him yesterday, well, it didn't look too good. I mean, he did not look good at all. I, I did notice that. Oh. I, did, I did notice he did yes. not look great. That's, that's, I mean, so that might just be true. I don't know how old he is. He is overweight. There could be heart problems maybe. I don't know. So anyway, that's all I want to say. And if I don't talk to you two between now and Christmas, I hope you both have a awesome and it's filled with love and all kinds of family for both of you all and your right. guests too that's talking right yeah. now okay? well, thank you thank you thank you god bless you thank you okay god bless you thank both. you Anita. okay right. thank you all right bye-bye um so uh, to to lay a quick epilogue on this if i can yeah uh, if the voting or electorates are not certified or um Pence is not satisfied with the, with what is sitting in front of everybody right now. He, he, believe it or not, according to the Constitution, he can basically tear them up. 
just the way like uh, Nancy Pelosi tore up Trump's speech during the union address, and he can and say, "I don't accept these electoral votes," and it's uh, able to go proceed as if it was a, uh, uh, you know, a. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So that would put that would put the objection uh, burden on Biden, Team Biden. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, it it will also uh, turn it into a vote in the in the House. Yes. Okay. Accepted there would have to be validated, except in 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 this case, they don't get to vote really at all. It's going to be the. Uh, and once again, I'm I'm skimming and as I'm reading this as fast as I can to get it to you, but it'll basically give uh, Trump a win by a majority of 232 to 227, because in this instance of fraud being thrown out, they don't have to accept them. Well, and uh, and, and, get and that makes sense. That makes sense because they've already tainted the well, right? They've already poisoned the right. well. There's no way to undo it. The genie is left the bottle. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. This problem can't even be fixed because you know, like if you take well, like for what PA did, you know, um, what they did in Pennsylvania uh, with uh, respect to, um, you know, taking these unverified ballots and, uh, you know, putting them into the well and throwing out the declaration envelopes. I mean, for crying out loud, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, Alito instructed them uh, to do certain things right, and they didn't do it. So there's a lot of things going on with PA. It'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But, you know, I want to read this out to the audience. And then I do see Rebus on the line. Um, but it says... Uh, The state executive committee of Georgia Republicans tonight passed, and this is last night, passed an emergency resolution demanding that Georgia's Secretary of State, Raffensperger, uh, begin the absentee ballot signature verification audit in Fulton County. That's Atlanta, which is already under a consent order for bad management of absentee balloting. So that's a big deal right there. Um, There's and, your chain of custody argument. Yeah, right there. yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. He also goes on to say, this guy, David Shaver, he says, the state executive committee also demanded that handwriting experts in, uh, engaged by the Republican Party and other political parties be allowed to participate in the audit. The state executive committee declared the Georgia Secretary of State's planned conduct of the audit by college students without the participation of a handwriting expert would be a farce that would further undermine public confidence in Georgia elections. So, yeah, that's interesting. Well, hey, I'm going to let you move on to to your next caller. Okay. uh, I uh, will email you this. All right, Pat. I'm sure we'll talk before Christmas. All right. Take care. Okay. All right. And that's Pat Kanine. And now we we got little old Reba down there in florida hello reba cheryl hi good morning scott how are you pretty good how are you you know what we have right now is we are faced with lawlessness and what they have done with our tax dollars they have uh violated our rights to have a say in how our money is spent And the way that we, the people, can make our voices be heard is to resume self-governance, which is why we fought that revolution back in the 1770s and 80s. Um, And we need to reclaim our rights. 
And the way we do that, we the people, we must reestablish our assemblies on the county level. And in this way, we can let our voices be heard. And we need to establish common law grand juries. These are things that were established right there in our Constitution, in our amendments. You know, that First Amendment, it says our right to assemble. The right to assemble is talking about our organization on the county level. And when we establish these assemblies in all 3,141 counties across this nation and then establish our state assemblies, which we have in Florida, we have, um, uh, we're working on those assemblies and we have a grand jury, a common law grand jury. We can hold these bad actors to account and we have the right to indict them and have them removed from office and this is what we must do we have to let our voices be heard and we have to uh, prevent them from continuing to trample on our right of self-governance so I hope that what's happening right now will cause people to become engaged and to take up their duty and their responsibility to actually let their voices be heard. We cannot allow them to distribute nearly a trillion dollars to other countries. Our people are hurting. We need to take care of our own, and um, we should hold them accountable at this time Absolutely. for this action that they just took. Yeah. I agree with you uh, 100%. So, uh, Reba, we um, are running out of time today, but um, I want to get you on our show where we could spend more time together on the show. So we'll see if that we make that happen. Um, tell us how we can get in touch with you and uh, how we can hear well, you. Well, you. you can catch me uh, this evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Reba Live right here on Red State Talk Radio. And if someone wants to drop me an email, Reba at RedStateTalkRadio.com. Wow, and you're live 7 to 9? Wow. I am. Okay, that's pretty good. All right, Reba, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Have a great day. Yep, I didn't know that Reba was going to call in today, but, you know, it's always great when she calls in. Um, She's full of great content. Um, th- this guy, uh, Justin Hart, I, I tweeted this out and it's very interesting. Um, it says breaking do, do masks mandates work? Our analysis below, we looked at cases on days where masks mandates were in place versus when they were not. We calculated the cases per day adjusted for population and with the mask mandate, 27 cases per day per 100,000 people, no mask mandate, 17 cases uh was was the uh so so we we did better with a no mask mandate that's right with mandates in place states say 10 more cases per 100,000 population here's the breakdown by state and they have this chart and it's truly amazing when you look at this chart it's just unbelievable um team apocalypse apocalypse will object and say, well, states which put mandates in place were seeing surge, surges in cases. Perhaps, but our data shows that even after the mandates went up, it did nothing. 
And hat tip to our friend Ian MSE. Another objection. Uh, well, we can never uh, know for certain how much worse it could be, uh, would have been without masks. First, that's not science. That's unfalsifiable nonsense. Maybe consider that the virus is beyond your control. See the six states, uh, see these six states with different mandates up and down. So, you know, they have all these graphs and charts and stuff like that. But the, the main thing is, is that, you know, this uh, insurance of uh, self-destruction is just, just a sad, sad thing. You know, we can't continue to live in our homes and, uh, you know, just all the things that we've talked about in the past, that I'm infinitum, the suicide rates, the depression, the, the, uh, the hopelessness, the, the despair, the financial stress, uh, the education, the, what we're losing in our society. And they, they've done all this. I think that they're, they're ramping this up again to, to, to steal Georgia. I think that they would literally, you know, ro- they will burn it down is what I'm saying. They'll, they'll burn it down in order to gain power. If, they, if that's what it takes, that's what they'll do. Because they can't stand to not be in control right now. They're not in control. And, you know, let's just hope and pray that Trump, somehow Trump finds a way to figure this puzzle out and try to beat this corruption and this fraud in our government. It's, it's an absolute sad, sad, sad state of affairs. I want to take a listen to a couple of clips. Uh, yep, I think we have enough time to pull these off. Um, so we're going to go ahead and take a listen to uh, Ron Johnson right here. I think we have all kinds of examples of fraud, and we know a large percentage of the American public just simply don't think this is a legitimate election. That's an unsustainable state of affairs for our, for our country. We have to have confidence in our elections. Yes. We need to restore that confidence. One of the ways to do that is with the oversight hearings, point out what went wrong so things can be corrected and controls can be put in place for the next election. All right, so that's what we need to do. And, uh, and then, wow. Um, I wanted to play uh, Judge Trupas. Uh, and I also wanted to play um, Binnell. Uh, he's really good, too. But these clips are, are five minutes each, or five and three minutes. So we can't really uh, get to that just yet. But um, in any case, Donald Trump uh, retweeted these out from last week. And they're worth a listen. And I think that the reason why he tweeted these things out is because he's going to hit these things uh, smack dab r- right there, you know, center. And uh, Nevada, uh, I think, is a, a state that has some traction in terms of appeal. Um, but I also think that Maricopa, uh, what's happening in Georgia right now with the uh, what happened last night, the Fulton County audit um, could really have an impact. I think to, um, I think it was uh, Pat Kinnean, what he was saying, um, Pence has a duty, uh, and I'm going to look this up. It's over at the National File. But um, Pence has a duty to uh, not accept fraudulent uh, election results. And, you know, the other part is those people that certified fraud are committing fraud as well. Now, there's one other thing I want to say that's really and truly important, and that is 
that you do you realize that uh, we have not just the sixth, no matter what happens on January sixth, we actually have until the January twentieth. And what's important about that is if you find that this ballot, uh, the uh, these uh, stack of ballots that the truck driver has testified to, and that's deemed provable in the court, uh, court of law, that if there is legitimate fraud uh, brought upon uh, where the, the, the team Biden is found guilty of fraud, he is, he is um, rejected as a candidate. He is disqualified as if you took drugs and you're Lance Armstrong, you no longer earned those seven Tour de France wins, right? I mean, if you are considered a cheater and it's proven in a court of law that you've cheated, and I think that they got him dead to rights in a lot of this stuff, and it may not be Biden, so their argument would be like, well, Biden didn't know anything about it. Biden was the benefactor of it. So at some point, you got to say, okay, well, Biden cheated. Now, this can happen even after the 6th. And it gets back to that, you know, run. And John from uh, the Chicagoland area uh, pointed out that I was referring to that Ruiz uh, woman in New York Marathon. But, you know, cutting through the, uh, for, cutting through the park and shaving a mile off the, of the race and saving yourself six minutes when you only win by two, you really would have lost by four, right? If you do that basic math. So that, that result would be overturned. And uh, definitely all the way up until the 20th, does that take, does that count? And it could even go beyond that really. But um, if it's proven and it's 20th and he gets sworn in, I don't know what really happens. I guess he gets impeached at that point. But uh, what we need to do is we need to actually get this before the 20th and we need to deem it that fraud occurred and that we need to hold Biden accountable. And if Biden is found guilty of fraud, it doesn't matter electorates, no electorates, he's disqualified. He's thrown out like the trash. And that's the case. So there's a lot of things that can happen. And uh, this year has been a crazy year. Uh, who knows what could happen? Who, who knows what surprises lie in store for us? But uh, keep the faith and stay strong and, uh, and pray that uh, the, the, the things that are right happen, you know, that the right thing happens. All right. Well, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Check out scottadamshow.com for our latest YouTube channel. Um, also, you can subscribe, like, and click the notification bell on our YouTube channel. It does help out. And, uh, and check out our latest podcast, which is going to be up at scottadamshow.com uh, right after the show. All right. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.